Hello, friends. Welcome to a medic's mind. A little corner of the airwaves where stories of courage, resilience, and humanity come to life. I'm your host, Matthew Hennigan. I invite you to gather round as we explore the tapestry of life woven together by first responders and military personnel. On this podcast, we celebrate the extraordinary in the ordinary, the triumphs and tribulations that punctuate the lives of those who step forward in times of need. Through stories of my own journey, we'll traverse the landscapes of mental health, healing, and hope. So find a cozy spot, pour yourself a warm beverage, and join me here at Amenix Mind where together we'll navigate the complexities of the human spirit and rediscover the power of connection through story and spoken word. This is A Medic's Mind. Thank you for joining me here on the A Medic's Mind podcast. The story you're about to listen to is called a symphony of remembrance, the story of Corporal Starker. And it starts right now. It was a day that started like any other back then. I got up, had a coffee, watched the sun slowly crawl for the horizon, and heard the city around me come to life. A philharmonic clamor of cars honking, the signature sibilance of transit buses coming and going from one stop to the next, and a wail of distant sirens slithering among the spaces between the buildings. I was due at the base within the hour, so I grabbed my keys, locked my apartment, and made my way to my truck. I recall being tired that morning. Not that this was an unusual hindrance, simply an observance I remember about the day. When I got to the base, we were given our orders for the day. The sergeant tasked myself, alongside a private, with checking inventory of the ambulances. This was sure to be an all-day endeavor, if not an all-week affair. Private Heron and I got to work, rummaging around the backs of the aging rigs of our fleet. Before 1000 hours that morning, the sun above was already a blistering 27 degrees. That made the rear compartments of our stagnated ambulances a sweltering place to be. As both Private Heron and I plodded along with monotonous automation, 
Sweat beleaguered us both. The kind of sweat that annoys you. The type that clings to your brow for just a moment's notice, before rolling down into your eyes, bringing with it a greeting of sting and salt. Hennigan! A commanding baritone called from the tailgate of the ambulance. I spun around to see the sergeant, a man weary from having traveled through time and military experience. He possessed a strong, stoic disposition, but he was kind of like a dad figure to us junior rank guys, someone you looked up to, tried to emulate. At an instant, I noticed that something was off about his appearance. The stoicism was still present, but there was now a palpable weight of despair clinging to his gaze. Hannigan, I'm letting you know ahead of the other troops, because I know that you know him. Knew him. Hennigan, Corporal Starker is dead. He died this morning in an ambush attack outside Kandahar. In the movies, moments like this are often depicted by a reverberance, a slight fog to the sound as well as a subtle echo to the words. In real life, each spoken word and every syllable of orated utterance is painfully clear and unblemished. Words feel like daggers in those moments. The difference being that, to the naked eye, no visual notation of injury occurs. But to a bereft man's soul, an absolute chaos of agony befalls him. As a soldier, I was always cognizant that outward displays of emotion were designated for very specific times and places. So I quickly wiped away any emerging tears that had the temerity to show themselves. My sergeant took note. Pull yourself together. Soldier up and come inside. I'll be breaking the news to the unit post-launch. With that last terse direction, the sergeant turned and walked away, disappearing from view. What remained in his absence was the heft of his disclosure. In the days that followed, I found myself standing next to the casket of a fallen brother, peering down at a pale imitation of the man I once knew, Corporal Michael G. Starker, a friend, patriot, fellow medic, and now, sorely missed, brother in arms. He died in 2008, May 6th to be exact. And though more than a decade has come and gone, thoughts of him remain. The venomous potency of sadness that dwells within the DNA of rumination becomes more forefront on this day, the 6th of May. I used to do my best to drink this day away, to engage in reckless abandon of rational thought and instead numb myself beyond coherency. This was a practice that was initiated over the span of many years, but I don't drink anymore. Plot twist. I am an alcoholic. 
so I am shackled to the burden of feelings, sadness being very much among them, anger too, from time to time. Starker was a good man, dedicated his life to helping people, always putting himself in harm's way so that others may live. And now we live in a world where I'm here, and he's not. If it's not evident by that proclamation, allow my transparency to inform you that I do not house the brightest perspective of myself. I am a man who has known many great men, but I myself am merely a man hallmarked by flaw. Around this time of year, when all is quiet in the house, and I rest my head on the cool side of the pillow, his face and his features, they all come back to me in an endless ethereal slideshow that I don't seem to have the remote for. It makes those long hours of night feel just a little longer. Earlier, I casually informed you that I am an alcoholic. I'm going on five years sober now, and for all intents and purposes, I consider myself a rather fortunate man of addiction. You see, I don't crave the drink. I never have, actually. What I do yearn for is peace. The static that inebriation used to provide, as flawed as it might be, was a welcomed one. The things I've seen, the screams I've heard, the blood I've smelled, and the brothers I miss. All that ache, all that pain was drowned by ale and whiskey for a few fleeting moments of respite, right up until the moment of passing out. But drinking that much comes with side effects. And for me, those side effects were an ailing liver, angry kidneys, and an isolation from the real world. There are other things too, but I won't bore you with all of it. What is important is that I inform you of my renewed and perhaps more worthy approach at remembering those I have loved and lost. Instead of drinking away sorrow in some arbitrary barroom somewhere, I now possess a clear and sober mind of which to use so that I may inform the world of who this man really was. He was a hero. He worked as a paramedic in the city of Calgary, saving more lives than many others ever dream of doing. And he served his country, right up to the very end. I will always miss him. And on days like today, I will miss him terribly. Rest in the sweetest of ease, dear brother. Until we meet again, your friend, Henny, Corporal Matthew Joseph Hennigan, retired. Send
Daylight is fading, it takes with it. 